It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, Welcome to episode number 335 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Uh, As always, you can email me, russellmania09 at gmail.com. Please make sure you follow the podcast and all sorts of Redskins links, stories, uh, interviews, all sorts of content at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter. And if you want to follow the entire NFL, Make sure you go at Locked On NFL Net at Locked On NFL Nets on both Twitter and Instagram, and away we go, right here on episode number three thirty-five. So we're going to hear from Bill Callahan on Monday, a long press conference at Redskins Park coming up in just a little bit. But a couple of things uh, that we have to get to uh, right away is with the Redskins on a short week. Uh, as you're going to hear, Adrian Peterson, MRI, status unclear. Chris Thompson, he admitted on the Junkies on Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan and the Radio.com app and the fandc.com slash listen. You can uh, go check out that interview uh, right now, uh, again, on uh, the fandc.com uh, and as well um, the radio.com app for a little while longer until about Tuesday morning. Uh, you can go check that out. Uh, but the fandc.com is your best option. He talked about his turf toe, you know, leaving him in a, in a tough situation for this Thursday night's game against the Minnesota Vikings with a short week. It did not sound favorable that Chris Thompson was going to be able to get back out there for this Thursday. Maybe we, For the Buffalo Bills, maybe there'll be a small chance that he can play Thursday night, but it did not sound very likely, quite honestly. Um, Now, Wendell Smallwood played pretty well, I thought, uh, and so did Bill Callahan. You're going to hear that answer uh, coming up. But the Redskins are really short at running back. As we talked about a lot last week, they signed Josh Ferguson. Uh, They are really, really, really short. Uh, at the running back position because Adrian Peterson's banged up again, MRI. Will he be able to play Thursday night against his former team, the Minnesota Vikings? Number one, will Chris Thompson, as we just mentioned, be able to play? We know Darius Geis is still out. Now we find out also that Bryce Love is going to have another surgery. The rookie out of Stanford who Bill Callahan was asked about last week 
And he said, quote, we'll just see where he's at. He's still in the rehabilitation process. Love, who tore up his knee um, at Stanford in December, is expected to undergo another surgery on his injured right knee uh, that's been in rehab, according to J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington. Uh, He's been with Dr. James Andrews in Pensacola, Florida. He tore his ACL, of course, again uh, in his final season at Stanford. The Redskins spent one of their two fourth-round picks. He was on physically unable to perform. That was expected all along. Uh, And now the story is basically, and I didn't remember this from the pre-draft, but apparently there was some concern about stiffness uh, and lingering, uh, yeah, lingering knee stiffness is basically what they called it. Uh, back then, and according to NFL Network, and I believe this was Ian Rappaport, uh, that teams had concerns over Love's injury and this knee stiffness. And one source uh, basically had had mentioned that, you know, from the NFL scouting combine and upon the recheck, that some doctors believed that another surgery would be necessary. Well, it looks like we're going to have that other surgery. It looks like he's got, I guess, enough stiffness and enough issues that he's going to have to have another surgery. Is this shocking? No. No, not at all. What is, I guess, surprising is that here we are in late October, and now we're just making this decision. Um, According to the original NFL Network column or NFL.com column, Uh, Dr. James Andrews was telling teams he would be fine and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I'm not sure if Dr. James Andrews actually performed the surgery, if it was somebody that he is affiliated with uh, under his watchful eye uh, and out of his institute down in Pensacola. I'm not sure uh, about that. Uh, Here's what I know, that Andrews is still a contracted physician with the Washington Redskins who travels to meet them on the road and or travels to home games uh, and has for years. And the Redskins are the most injured team in professional football. Uh, And nothing seems to go right no matter what they try and do uh, to get it right. Now, maybe this is, um, you know, kind of just, you know, normal and expected and they were fully prepared for this. We don't know. It's possible that they had no plans on playing him and no hope and no expectation he was going to play in uh, 2019. That's fine. I didn't expect him to make any sort of contribution whatsoever. But the question has to be asked, and again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know, um, is could this loosening up of the stiffness, the second surgery that apparently he's going to have, again, according to J.P. Finley, could it have been done earlier? Should it have been done earlier? This is what we don't know. This is what we don't know. Here's what I do know. Um, I heard from somebody in the medical field uh, that is also, you know, uh, has, has also been in the NFL. I'm not sure... Uh, if I'm supposed to, you know, say his name or or, or not, uh, but basically what he told me, uh, unsolicited by the way, was that the Redskins shouldn't have drafted him, and this was just within you know the recent last couple of hours uh, that I record this on Monday evening. 
Uh, and, you know, basically he thought the situation or he heard the situation was bad enough that the Redskins shouldn't have drafted him. Uh, now, the Redskins apparently had a second round grade. He lasted until the fourth round. Uh, maybe you could make an argument based on how bad the knee was and the situation, the prognosis that he could have gone in the fifth or sixth round. Many people expected him to go day three, maybe not in the fourth round. I don't know. I mean, the Redskins obviously like to do this. They like to get good value in terms of injured players that fall. Jonathan Allen, a perfect example of that. Fabian Moreau was expected to be a bottom of the first round, maybe top of the second round, lasted until midway through the third round. Bryce Love, obviously a perfect example. There are others, but the Redskins like to do that. It goes without saying that when you do that, there's already an inherent injury history and risk. So the question becomes, are you just setting yourself up for failure by trying to get a bargain whose stock is lower than what most good organizations are going to take a chance on because they already know, hey, if a guy's had a major injury, the likelihood is he's going to have an injury history or the likelihood is he's more at risk for an injury history or of having an injury um, rap sheet, if you will. So, I mean, you know, again, you can, you can cut it up a couple of different ways. I mean, I certainly understand what the Redskins are trying to do in terms of getting better values later in rounds than what you can get at those particular slots. I get it. To grab Jonathan Allen at number 17 overall was, I don't want to say a stroke of genius, but it, it certainly worked out for the most part for the Redskins, even though he missed a couple of games earlier this year, even though he missed most of his rookie year. That's just one example. All right. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard with us. The one-year anniversary of the Washington Redskins' last home game. Home. The one-year anniversary of the Washington Redskins' last home win came and went on Monday, October 21st. That's right. It's been one year since the Washington Redskins won, now over a year, won a home game at FedEx Field. One year plus and counting. It's pretty hard to believe, right? They beat the Carolina Panthers and the Dallas Cowboys in two very close games back-to-back, and that was it. They then beat the New York Giants on the road to improve to 5-2, and two, came home, and lost, got beaten badly to the Atlanta Falcons, then went on the road and beat Tampa, then came home and lost Alex Smith, perhaps for good, certainly for at least a year and a half in that game against Houston, and then they never won again at FedEx Field, losing to the Philadelphia Eagles to close out the year, the New York Giants, so on and so forth. And then this year... They lost to the Dallas Cowboys Week 2, the Chicago Bears Week 3, the New England Patriots Week 5, and now the San Francisco 49ers in Week 7. The Redskins won't play another home game until after the bye, mid-November, against the New York Jets. 
that's a team that they certainly can beat, especially if you watch the Jets against the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. But the Jets beat the Dallas Cowboys as well, so certainly no walk in the park. But that is certainly a game that the Redskins can win. But the problem is, is how could you pick them? How could you believe that they would win any game at this point? And especially when you consider that they have and have had zero home field advantage forever, for as long as I've been covering the team and around the team, quite honestly, zero. Zero. It's like a morgue at FedEx Field when it comes to rooting for the Redskins, when it comes to Redskins fans being loud and proud. They haven't had a lot to be loud and proud about. I don't blame them. I blame the organization. Blame Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. They have not delivered anything close to a reasonably good product. Never mind a great product. Never mind a championship team. A reasonably good product for 20-plus years with Dan, 10-plus years with Bruce, and 28 years as an organization and a franchise. Happy one-year anniversary, Dan and Bruce. Maybe, maybe we can avoid having that streak extend to two full years, huh? And beat somebody at home. That would be nice. That would be nice for the FedEx faithful. All right, this is the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Episode number 335 right here on LOR. Don't forget, we have a short week with the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes. The secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast, we will hear from head coach Bill Callahan. That's coming up next right here on LOR. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, and we're back right out to Redskins Park for the first part of Bill Callahan's press conference from Monday on a short week as the Redskins get ready for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. A little bit of injury update on Adrian and then Monte, mm-hmm. Chris Thompson, then in, in case, did he come out with did he come out okay? Yeah, every, yeah, he came out all right. And the other plays you mentioned, John, are uh, all being evaluated right now. So I'll have a little more information uh, later this afternoon. And, uh, again, probably uh, tomorrow I'll have a, 
quite a bit more information as we decide where we're going with personnel. And, and last, on how do you plan to handle the, your first short week as a head coach like this? How do, mm -hmm. how do, how do you plan to run practice tomorrow? Is it going to be a full one? Mm -hmm. Well, like I mentioned yesterday after the game, uh, we moved on pretty quickly and pretty rapidly into uh, the Viking preparation. Uh, we gave a preview of that uh, in the team meeting. All the position and or the unit position meetings were all oriented towards Minnesota, uh, as will tomorrow will be uh, if for a normal day, normal practice. Uh, we won't be in pads, but we will we will have helmets, cleats. We will move. Uh, we want to generate a little bit more activity on the field. Um, then on Wednesday we'll do the same, uh, probably less movement because we're getting closer to the game day. Uh, then we backed up the flight. We're going to leave out of here a little bit later on Wednesday and get into Minneapolis a little bit uh, early evening. Bill, you guys know Kirk Cousins very well um, between guys on the team and the coaching staff. How much does that familiarity um, actually come into play on Thursday? How much does it help? Well, you know he's in a different system now, so uh, that, that all changes. And I'm sure his progressions, his reads, what they're asking him to do, that, that's all changed. Uh, there's some similarities uh, because the plays are pretty much by and large in the drop back game and the movement game are similar across the league. But uh, how they feature those from a formational aspect, they're always different. So uh, yeah, we've got a lot of respect for Kirk and uh, anticipate you know that he'll be at his best. He's been pretty good the last few games out. So uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the challenge to say the least, yeah. Jake was always pretty conservative when there was guys hurt. He'd shorten practices, things like mm -hmm. that. You have not done that so far. You have stayed with full-length practices, even lengthening practices. Here on the short week, you're going full practice. Why, why do you think that is mm -hmm. the, the right approach, a more aggressive approach, moving well, full I just, practice? Well, I'm, we're not going to be in pads tomorrow. We're not situated to have contact tomorrow. So we're going to be smart with our football team this week. Uh, I don't know if I've... Uh, misrepresented that to you when I started. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, saying in general, going from like I'm just saying like that a, tomorrow we're, in, sure. we're just going to be out in hats and cleats. And but even in around. general, you've had the longer practices, things like that, and said, all right, let's make sure we get the work with practices the guys. Practices aren't really here. much longer at all. Uh, uh, pretty, pretty much the same time allotment. So uh, I don't want to misrepresent that in any respect. But the practices uh, uh, are pretty close, you know, from a time element structure. So. Uh, we just want to be smart in terms of what we're doing on the field. We still want to get quality work. Uh, it's not always about quantity, uh, but I think we're moving pretty rapidly or pretty efficiently from period to period. And the focus has shifted, uh, not necessarily, you know, we're making contact points or, or increasing the contact point uh, across the body of practice. But I think we're really trying to be smart, efficient, and trying to utilize you know, those reps for situational purposes. So as I explained in here before, I think the practices have been more focused on situational, more competitive, uh, but that doesn't take away from the health of the team, nor does it uh, increase the reps for the team. So I think we've been really smart with that. Our staff has been really good. Players know how to work against each other. And I think whenever you're, whenever you're competing on the practice field and you're and you're always concerned about your health of the, of the team, but uh, you, you still have to practice and you still need those fundamental techniques. So it's really important that the players 
take care of themselves. And they, they've got to learn how to practice against each other full speed, but they've, they've got to protect themselves. And they've got to protect themselves from each other. So staying off the ground, uh, avoiding all those kind of pile-ups or collisions. Uh, we're still practicing aggressively, but we're not trying to, to, to bang anybody or hurt anybody during the body of the practice. Yeah. Do you think that's been a problem in the past that you guys have had with some of these injuries that guys didn't necessarily know how to practice full speed? I can't say that. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that at all. How have you seen Kirk Cousins change since his time here? Like, is he a different quarterback at all with Minnesota, or is he largely the same guy? How he's changed? I haven't seen enough tape, to be quite honest with you. And uh, I'm focusing on uh, based on the uh, our offensive side, looking at their defense. And um, I hope to take a deep dive into that this evening and early tomorrow morning. What did you, after watching the game again, what did you think of Case's play and what, what stood out to you? Yeah, like, like I mentioned last night, John, it was a, it's a, it was a different game. And um, our focus and our intention going into the game was to, to run the football. I think we achieved that goal. We had over 100 yards rushing. I uh, thought Case managed you know, the, uh, the run game aspect of it really, really well. Uh, and opportunistically, you know, we wanted to do better uh, in the passing game when those opportunities presented themselves. And uh, I'm sure, you know, just like any game, uh, Case or whatever quarterback is in there would love to have a couple plays back. And I don't think that's any different uh, than what, what transpired yesterday. Well, because of the conditions and everything yesterday, can you take anything out of that game, or has that almost just become an outlier? I think that's a great point. I, I do, in, in the sense that these games uh, come up time to time, especially when you're uh, living in the Mid-Atlantic, Northeast, and you're NFC East football, uh, and it's outdoors. It's, uh, it's going to happen. And so the preparation for these types of games are, are really important. Uh, ball handling, ball security, those are all points that uh, we've talked to the team about. You know, how you manage your footwear, how many cleats you take out there, you know, where to dig in at, looking at the field before the game. We surveyed it. And then, of course, when you, when you go out uh, and uh, let's say the rain's a little bit more intense, uh, you know, you're always working to stay dry. You're keeping your hands dry and things of that nature. But your sleeves, your arms, you know, the other different parts of your body need to be dried off and dry as well because everything's susceptible to, to getting, you know, for the ball to slide out. So uh, whether it's on the punt, I thought uh, Trust did a great job securing a couple high snaps for us. And uh, Nick, you know, in, in those conditions, snapping the ball with a wet, heavy ball, you know, trying to put it on target and also settle, settling back to block, that's a challenge in itself. The receivers, obviously on the perimeter, I think both sides, you know, had uh, had difficulty at times managing, you know, the tough catch. Uh, they did make the plays though that we didn't, and uh, you know, just across the spectrum, you know, whether you're a defensive back, uh, you know, Landon missed a tip. I think Q missed a, a tip ball on a he broke a, he broke down on a slant play. Almost had a pick late in the game. Um, you, you see all those types of things happening. If you just really watch and focus on the ball, you'll see opportunities where, you know, we could have made better plays. And, of course, uh, I thought there's a lot of instances where our players did protect the ball and do a good – and they did a really good job not only putting one hand but securing it with two 
and locking it up as they were going to the ground. So all those little things, you know, that uh, sometimes we don't see, you know, during the course of a game really come out on film the day after you watch it. You can see the little things that the players are doing to make sure that the ball security is tight. All right, and that is the first part of head coach Bill Callahan's press conference with the reporters and media assembled at Redskins Park. When we return, it is part two, and then we'll let you on out of here on, again, this short week as the Redskins at one and six get ready for the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, who is on a bender and then some over the last three weeks. That's next right here on LOR. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, and back out to Redskins Park we go to wrap up Bill Callahan's press conference from Monday with reporters. So when you lose a game like that and you're 1-6 off a game <clears> like that, is it worse than being 1-6 and six off, say, a game in regular conditions that you can look at differently? I don't know if that, if that question makes sense, but I'm just wondering if somehow, because it's such an yeah. odd game, hmm. that when you're looking at the totality of the well, season... Well, I was really proud of our players, and I mentioned that last night. I was proud of their effort you know, on, on all three units. I thought we uh, played defense really well you know, to shut out uh, you know, and, and just limit their offense to three field goals. Uh, uh, that, that's, that's a great effort in a lot of respects. And as you, as you really delve into it, you can see three interior linemen producing 23 tackle points. You know, I mean, whenever do you see your top three tacklers, you know, come out leading the team in tackles? You know, that's rare. But that was one of those types of games, you know. It was going to be a game of, you know, warfare in the trenches and uh, survival of the fittest inside. And I thought, you know, Iunitis. And, and Deron Payne and, of course, uh, Jonathan Allen. I thought they all played well, played hard. And then Bostic played well in the, in the, on the, up on the second level. So there were a lot of great takeaways from the game. Bill, you've obviously are coaching Adrian Peterson now and coached against him throughout his uh, impressive career. What, what's like something – there's the obvious aspects on the field that stand out, but what's something that's always kind of stood out to you from afar and that now you've kind of learned about him more that you've been able to coach him? About Adrian? Yeah. Uh, I've been close to Adrian since he's been here, and uh, when we format and install the running game, you know he's always a central point of focus. So uh, I've I've know him from way back, even way back when I was at Nebraska and he was playing at Oklahoma. Uh, he was somebody I've always w- really respected, and of course throughout the history of his career, uh, he's always been impressive. So. You know, those things happen. You know, I'm sure he would love to have that play back. It, it happens every now and then. And nobody's more of a pro than, than Adrian is when it comes to accountability. 
Bill, I saw Darius Geis running outside, doing a few exercises. You said mm -hmm. it's possible he might return to practice this week, but not definitive. Alex Smith yeah. also last week throwing the ball, first yeah. time we saw that. And also just out there with Kevin O'Connell and the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. with, as it relates to Alex, how helpful is it to have him back out there, kind of in the huddle with the quarterbacks? What does he offer you guys being out there in the practice field, his progress? And Darius Geis, just some progress yeah. on him. Well, Alex is, is – uh a really impressive person and, and player, but he has a unique intellect uh, that that sees the game a lot differently than a lot of other people. And uh, he can give us as a staff insight as to what's transpiring uh, with a player or a concept, a scheme, a defense. Uh, and that's the experience of, of his career, obviously. And uh, he's working diligently you know, on the road of rehab and uh, trying to get himself back to 100%. And uh, I, I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't. I've never seen anything like the effort that he's pouring in to his rehab. Uh, it's, it's so impressive. And, uh, you know, for, for him to be going out there in the state and the stages that he's gone through, uh, it, he's got the ultimate respect from all of us. I, I think uh, as a competitor, you know, wanting to get back on the field again and wanting to play again uh, after what he's gone through, the trauma that he's gone through, it just speaks volumes for his passion and uh, for his will. I've never seen a player uh, with that type of will. He wills himself to do things. And, uh, and he's just a, he's a great example, you know, for, for players and for people in general, you know, to uh, emulate and to follow. So. I've got more respect for Alex than you can even imagine. Bill, how close was uh, Josh Norman able to go last week, and was that more of a because of the sloppy conditions um, situation, or do you think he would have been able to go if it was regular? No, he was he was back down for medical purposes. So you know, hopefully we can get him back this week. With uh, Coach, tell me a little bit mm -hmm. about what you saw from Smallwood with him getting an increased mm -hmm. role yesterday. Yeah, good question. Um, we, we thought Smallwood played really well. Uh, you know, he, he had one perimeter run that broke out on the right side for a pretty good gain, and uh, he was really functional in the, in the passing game in terms of protection, pickup, knew where to be, his check downs were in order. So, yeah, I think, you know, going forward, you know, he definitely has a role for us. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it. Bill Callahan wrapping up his time with the media on Monday. Again, there'll be a, a very little practice time, very little preparation time. Uh, very, As you heard, Bill Callahan, get, players have to get themselves ready. They'll go full speed without pads uh, on Tuesday. Uh, but the bottom line is, is the Redskins have a lot to do to get ready for Kirk Cousins and this very good Minnesota Vikings team. Maybe they'll catch a break, but no Adam Thielen. But still, you still have Stefan Diggs, you still have Dalvin Cook, you still have Kirk Cousins, and you still have a pretty good defense. All right, we're back with episode number 336, just as soon as we can crank that out. Enjoy, and adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 